Book six of the Mahavarat, the epic of ancient India, condensed into English verse by Ramesh Dutt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Om One Two Three. Book six, Goharan, cattle lifting. The conditions of the banishment of the sons of Pandu were hard. They must pass twelve years in exile, and then they must remain a year in concealment. If they were discovered within this last year, they must go into exile for another twelve years. Having passed the twelve years of exile in forests, the Panda brothers disguised themselves and entered into the menial service of Birat, king of the Maitsyas, to pass the year of concealment. Yudhisthir presented himself as a Brahman, skilled in dice, and became a courtier of the king. Vim entered the king's service as cook. For Arjun, who was so well known, a stricter councilman was necessary. He wore conch bangles and earrings, and braided his hair like those unfortunate beings whom nature has debarred from the privileges of men and women, and he lived in the inner apartments of the king. He assumed the name of Brihannala, and taught the inmates of the royal household in music and dancing. Nakul became a keeper of the king's horses, and Sadeep took charge of the king's cows. Draupadi too disguised herself as a waiting woman, and served the princess of the Maitse house in that humble capacity. In these disguises the Panda brothers safely passed a year in concealment, in spite of all search which Duryodhan made after them. At last an incident happened which led to their discovery when the year was out. Cattle lifting was a common practice with the kings of ancient India, as with the chiefs of ancient Greece. The king of the Trigartas and the king of the Kurus combined and fell on the king of the Machias in order to drive off the numerous herd of the fine cattle for which his kingdom was famed. The Trigartas entered the Machia kingdom from the southeast, and while Virat went out with his troops to meet the foe, Duryodhan with his Kuru forces fell on the kingdom from the north. When news came that the Kurus had invaded the kingdom, there was no army in the capital to defend it. King Virat had gone out with most of his troops to face the Trigartas in the southeast, and the Prince Uttar had no inclination to face the Kurus in the north. The disguised Arjun now came to the rescue in the manner described in this book. The description of the bows, arrows, and swords of the Panda brothers, which they had counseled in a tree, wrapped like human corpses, to frighten away inquisitive travellers, throws some light on the arts and manufacture of ancient times. The portions translated in this book form sections 35, 36, 40 to 43, a portion of section 44, and sections 53 and 72 of book 4 of the original text. 1. Complaint of the Cowherd Monarch of the mighty Machias, brave Birat, known to fame, marched against Trigartha chieftains, who from the southward regions came. From the north the proud Duryodhan, stealing onwards day by day, swept the Machias' fattened cattle like the hawk upon its prey. Vishma, drone, peerless kern, led the Kuru warriors brave, swept the kingdom of Virat like the ocean's surging wave. Fell upon the trembling cowherds, chased them from the pasture field. Sixty thousand head of cattle was the Machia country's yield. And the wailing chief of cowherds, fled fallen, fatigued, and spent, 
speeding on his rapid chariot to the royal city went came inside the city portals came within the palace gate struck his forehead in his anguish and bewailed his luckless fate meeting there the prince uttar youth of beauty and of fame told him of the kuru's outrage and lamented Machia's shame sixty thousand head of cattle bred of Machia's finest breed to hastina's distant empire do the kuru chieftains lead glory of the Machia nation save thy father's valued kind quick thy footsteps strong thy valor vengeance deep and dire be thine against the fierce trigger the chieftains much as warlike king is gone do we count our lord and saviour as our monarch's gallant son rise uttar beat the kurus homeward lead the stolen kine like an elephant of jungle pierce the kuru's shattered line as the bina speaketh music by musicians tuned aright let thy sounding bow and arrows speak thy deeds of matchless might harness quick thy milk-white coursers to thy sounding battle car hoist thy golden lion banner speed thee prince unto the war and as thunder wielding indra smote asuras fierce and bold smite the kurus with thy arrows winged with plumes of yellow gold as the famed and warlike arjun is the stay of kuru's race thou art refuge of the Matsyas, and thy kingdom's pride and grace but the prince went not to battle from the foe to guard the state to the cowherd answered gaily sheltered by the palace gate not unknown to me the usage of the bow and winged dart not unknown the warrior's duty or the warrior's noble art i would win my father's cattle from the wily foeman's greed if a skilful chariot driver could my fiery coursers lead for my ancient chariot driver died on battle's gory plain eight and twenty days we wrestled many warlike chiefs were slain bring me forth a skilful driver who can arch the battle's teeth i'll hoist my lion banner to the dubious battle's speed dashing through the foreman's horses ranks of elephant and car i'll win the stolen cattle rescued in the field of war and like thunder-wielding indra smiting danu's sons of old i'll smite the kuru chieftains drive them to their distant hold vishma and the proud duryodhan archer kern known to fame drone too shall quail before me and retreat in bitter shame do those warriors in my absence much as far-famed cattle steal but beneath my countless arrows much as vengeance they shall feel bring me forth a chariot driver let me speed my battle car and in wonder they will question is this urgent famed in war two the disguised charioteer arjun guised as brihannala hard the boast with her maid and to try his skill and valor thus to fair draupadi prayed say to him that brihannala will his battle chariot lead that as arjun's chariot driver he hath learned to urge the steed say that faithful brihannala many a dubious war hath seen and will win his father's cattle in this contest fierce and keen fair draupadi guised as menial arjun's secret has to bead humbly stepped before uttar and in gentle accents prayed hear me prince yan brihannala will thy battle chariot lead he was arjun's chariot driver skilled to urge the flying steed trained in war by mighty arjun 
trained to drive the battle car he had followed Haldarjun in the glorious field of war and when arjun conquered khandap this uttar i have seen brihanala drove his chariot for i served to his tears queen hard uttar hesitating spake his faint and timid mind i trust thee beauteous maiden lotus bosomed ever kind but a poor and sexless creature can he reign the warlike steed can i ask him worse than woman in the battle's ranks to lead need is none joppa answered brihanala's grace to ask he is eager like the war-horse for this great and warlike task and he waits upon thy sister she will bid dominion speed and he wins thy father's cattle and the victor's glorious mead Maitya's princess spake to arjun arjun led the battle-car led the doubting prince uttar to the dread and dubious war three arms and weapons arjun drove the prince of machia to a darksome sami tree spake unto the timid warrior in his accents bold and free prince thy bow and shining arrows pretty handsome toys are these scarcely they besom a warrior and a warrior cannot please thou shalt find upon this sami mark my words which never fail stately bows and winged arrows banners swords and coats of mail and the bow which strongest warriors scarce can in the battle band and the limits of a kingdom widen when the bow is trained tall and slender like a palm tree worthy of a warrior bold smooth the wood of hardened fibre and the ends are yellow gold doubting still uttar answered in this sami's gloomy shade corpses hang since many seasons in their wrappings duly laid now I mark them all suspended, horrent in the open air, and to touch down clean objects, friend, is more than I can dare. Fear not, warrior, Arjun answered, for the tree conceals no dead, warrior's weapons cased like corpses, lark in its gloomy shade. And I ask thee, prince of Machia, not to touch an unclean thing, but unto a chief and warrior weapons, and his arms to bring. Prince Uttar gently lighted, climbed a dark and leafy tree. Arjun from the prince's chariot bade him speed the arms to free. Then the young prince cut the wrappings, and the shining bows appear, twisted, voiced like hissing serpents, like the bright stars glistening clear. Seized with wonder, Prince Uttar silently the weapon sighed, and unto his chariot driver does in trembling accents cry, Who's this bow so tall and stately? Speak to me, my gentle friend. On the wood are golden bosses, tipped with gold at either end. Who's this second ponderous weapon, stout and massive in the hold? On the stuff are worked by artists, elephants of burnished gold. Sure, some great and mighty monarch owns this other bow of might, set with golden glittering insects on its ebon back so bright golden suns of wondrous brightness on this fort dear lustre land who may be the unknown archer who this stately bow can band and the fifth is set with jewels gems and stones of purest ray golden fireflies glint and sparkle in the yellow light of day who doth own these shining arrows with their heads in gold encased thousand arrows bright and feathered in the golden quivers placed Next are these with vulture feeder, golden yellow in their heel, made of iron, keen and wetted, 
whose may be these arrows true next upon this sable quiver jungle tigers worked in gold and these keen and bore-eared arrows speak some chieftains fierce and bold fought are these seven hundred arrows crescent in their shining blade thirsting for the blood of foemen and by cunning artists made and the fifth are golden crested made of tempered steel and bright parrot feeders wing these arrows wetted and of wondrous might who doth own this wondrous sabre shape of toad is on the hilt on the blade a toad is graven and the scabbard nobly gilt larger stouter is the second in its sheet of tiger skin decked with bells and gold surmounted and the blade is bright and keen next this scimitar so curious by the skilled nishadas made scabbard made of wondrous cowhide sheets the bright and polished blade fought a long and beauteous weapon glittering sable in its hue with its sheet of softer goatskin worked with gold on azure blue and the fifth is broad and massive over thirty fingers long golden sheeted and gold embossed like a snake or fiery tongue joyously responded arjun mark this bow embossed with gold it is the wondrous bow Gandeep, worthy of a warrior bold gift of heaven to archer arjun kindly gods this weapon sent and the confines of a kingdom widen when the bow is bent next this mighty ponderous weapon worked with elephants of gold with this bow the stalwart veem had the tide of conquests rolled and the third with golden insects by a cunning hand inlaid it is a distious royal weapon by the noble artists made next a bow with solar losser brave nakul wheels in fight and the fifty sahadevs decked with gems and jewels bright listen prince these thousand arrows unto arjun they belong and the darts whose blades are christened unto veem brave and strong warrior shafts are young nakuls in the tiger quiver cased sahadev owns the arrows with the parrot's feeder grazed these three knotted shining arrows thick and yellow vulture plumed they belong to king edister with their heads by gold illumined listen more if of these sabres prince of Matia, thou wouldst know arjun's sword is told and graven ever dreaded by the foe and the sword in tiger's cupboard massive and of mighty strength none save tiger wasted veem wields that sword of wondrous length next the sabre golden hilted sable and with gold embossed brave it is cheer kept that sabre when the king his kingdom lost yonder sword with goatskins covered brave nakul wheels in war in the cowhide sahadeb keeps his shining scimitar strange thy accents spake uttar stranger are the weapons bright are the arms of sansa pandu famed an art for matchless might where are now those pious princes by a dire misfortune crossed warlike arjun good edistir by his subjects loved and lost where is tiger rested veem matchless fighter in the field and the brave and twin-born brothers skilled the arms of war to wield over a game they lost their empire and we heard of them no more or perchance they lonesome wander on some wild and distant shore and Draupadi, noble princess purest best of womankind not she wander retreat his tear changeless in her heart and mind proudly answered valiant arjun 
and a smile was on his face. Not in distant lands the brothers do their wandering footsteps trace. In thy father's court, disguised leaves it is here, just and good. Veem in thy father's palace, as a cook prepares the food. Brave Nicole guards the horses, Sahadeep tends the kine, as thy sister's waiting omen doth the fair jeopardy shine. Pardon, prince, these rings and bangles, pardon strange unmanly guise. It is no poor and sexless creature. Arjun greets thy wandering eyes. 4. Rescue of the Cattle Arjun decked his mighty stature in the gleaming arms of war, and with voice of distant thunder rolled the mighty battle car. And the Kurus marked with wonder, Arjun's standard lifted proud, hard with dread the deep Gandhib sounding oft and sounding loud. And knew the wondrous bowman, wheeling round the battle car, and with doubts and grave misgivings, whispered Drona, skilled in war. That is Arjun's monkey standard, how it greets my ancient eyes, while the Kurus know the standard like a comet in the skies. Hear ye not the deep Gandhib, how my ear its accents creep, mark ye not these pointed arrows falling prone before my feet. By these darts, his salutation to his teacher of the world, years of exile thou completed, Arjun sends sweet greetings bold. How the gallant prince advances, now I mark his form and face, issuing from his dark consulment with a brighter, haftier grace. Well I know his bow and arrows, and I know his standard well, and the deep and echoing accents of his far sounding shell. In his shining arms a cotred, gleaming in his helmet dread, shines he like the flame of home, by libations duly fed. Arjun marked the Kuru warriors, arming for the impending war, whispered thus to Prince Uttar as he drove the battle car. Stop thy steeds, O Prince of Machia, for too close we may not go. Stop thy chariot, whence my arrows reach and slay the distant foe. Seek we out the Kuru monarch, proud Duryodhan let us meet. If he falls, we win the battle, other chieftains will retreat. There is drone, my preceptor, drone's warlike son is there, Kripa and the mighty Vishma, Archer Kern, tall and fair. Them I seek not in this battle. Lead, O oh, lead thy chariot far. Midst the chiefs of Duryodhan moves not, moves not in the ranks of war. But to save the pale-fought cattle, speeds he onward in his fear, while these warriors stay and tarry to defend their monarch's rear. But I leave these carbon warriors, other work today is mine. Meet Duryodhan in the battle, win thy father's stolen kine. Machia's prince then turned the courses, left behind the war's array, where Duryodhan with the cattle quickly held his onward way. Kripa marked the course of Arjun, guessed his inmost thought aright, thus he spake to brother warriors, urging speed and instant fight. Mark ye, chieftains, gallant Arjun wheels his sounding battle car, against our prince and proud Duryodhan seeks to turn the tide of war. Let us fall upon our foemen, and our prince and leader save. Few save Indra, god of battles, conquers Arjun, fierce and brave. What were Matsya's fattened cattle? Many thousands do they be. If our monarch sinks in battle, 
like a ship in stormy sea. Vain were Kripa's words of wisdom. Arjun drove the chariot fair, while his shafts, like countless locusts, whistled through the ambient air. Guru soldiers, struck with panic, neither stood and fought nor fled, gazed upon the distant Arjun, gazed upon their comrades dead. Arjun twanged his mighty weapon, blew his forest-sounding shell, strangely spake his monkey standard, Kuru warriors knew it well. Sankha's voice, Gandhi's accents, and the chariot's booming sound, filled the air like distant thunder, shook the farm and solid ground. Kuru soldiers fled in terror, or they slumbered with the dead, and the rescued lowing cattle, with their tails uplifted, fled. 5. Warrior's Garden Now with joy the King Birat to his royal city came, saw the rescued herds of cattle, Saltar, prince of fame, marked a great and gallant urchin, helmet-wearing, armor-cased, knew it is Tyr and his brothers, now as royal princess dressed. And he greeted good it is Tyr, truth-beloving, brave and strong, and to valiant urchin offered much as princess fair and young. Pardon, monarch, answered Arjun, but I may not take as bride, much as young and beauteous princess, whom I love with father's pride. She hath often met me trusting in the inner palace hall, as a daughter on a father waited on my loving call. I have trained her cocky accents, taught her maiden steps in dance, watched her skill and varied graces, all her native charms and hands. Pure is she in thought and action, spotless as my hero boy. Grant her to my son, O monarch, as his wedded wife and joy. Abhimanyu, trained in battle, handsome youth of godlike face, Krishna's sister, fair Suvadra, bore the child of princely grace. Worthy of thy youthful daughter, pure in heart and undefiled, grant it, sire, my Abhimanyu, wait thy young and beauteous child. Answered Machia's noble monarch, with a glad and grateful heart, Words like these befit thy virtue, nobly hast thou done thy part. Be it as thou sayest, Arjun, unto Pandu's race allied, Machia's royal line is honoured, Machia's king is gratified. 6. The Wedding Good it is to heart the tidings, and he gave his pre-ascent, Unto distant chiefs and monarchs, kindly invitations sent. In the town of Upaplaibia, of fair Machia's towns the best, Made their home the pious brothers, to receive each royal guest. Came unto them Kasi's monarch, and his armed troopers came, And the king of fair Panchal, with his sons of warlike fame. Came the sons of fair Draupadi, early trained in art of war, other chiefs and sacrifices came from regions near and far. Krishna, decked in floral garments, with his elder brother came, and his sister, fair Suvadra, Arjun's loved and longing dame. Arjun's son, brave Avimanyu, came upon his flowery car, and with elephants and chargers, troopers trained in art of war. Brishnis from the Sigard Dwarka, bravo Antakas known to fame, Vojas from the mighty Chumbal, with the righteous Krishna came. He to gallant sons of Pandu, made his presence rich and rare, 
gems and gold and costly garments, slaves and damsels passing fair. With its quaint and festive greetings came at last the bridal day, might some aids were merry-hearted, and upon the brothers gay. Cons and cymbal, horn and trumpet, spake forth music soft and sweet, in Virat's royal palace, in the peopled mart and street. And the slay the jungle red deer, and spread the ample board, and prepared a cooling palm drink, with the richest wine stored. Mimes and actors please the people, boys recite the ancient song, glories of heroic houses, minstrels by their lace prolong. And deep-bosomed dames of Machia, jasmine form and lotus face, with their pearls and golden garlands, joyously the bridal grace. Circled by those royal ladies, though they all are bright and fair, brightest shines the fair Draupadi, with a beauty rich and rare. Stately dames and merry maidens, lead the young and soft-eyed bride, as the queens of gods encircle in Ra's daughter, in her pride. Arjun from the Matsya monarch, takes the princess passing fair, for his son by fair Suvadra, nursed by Krishna's loving care. With a godlike grace, Udhisthir stands by faithful Arjun's side, as a father takes a daughter, takes the young and beauteous bride. Joins her hands to Vimanyu's, and with cake and parched rice, on the altar brightly blazing, doth the holy sacrifice. Maitya's monarch on the bridegroom, rich and costly presents pressed, elephants he gave two hundred, steeds seven thousand of the best. Poured libations on the altar, on the priests bestowed his gold, offered to the sons of Pandu, rich domain and wealth untold. With a pious hand, Yudhisthir, true in heart and pure in mind, made his gifts, in golden garments, kind and wealth of every kind. Costly chariots, beds of splendor, robes with tread of gold belessed, wines rich and sweet confection, drinks the richest and the best. Lands he gave unto the Brahman, bullocks to the levering swine, steeds he gave unto the warrior, to the people, gifts and grain. And the city of the Matthias, teeming with a wealth untold, shone with festive joy and gladness, and with flags and cloths of gold. End of Book Six